0: number two of the Blitz. It starts right now. Live on 1340 AM, 105.7 FM. Live in your Fan Run radio app. That's free wherever you get your apps. We're also live on Twitter, the video feed is, if you want to go watch along that video feed. It's over on the Fox Sports Knoxville Twitter. And, uh... That video feed, or excuse me, that uh, the audio feed was also available in the Fox Sports Knoxville web browser. Sorry, someone someone texted and said that uh, Titans reportedly shopped Henry at the combine. Mm. Interesting. So I'm trying to figure out where that report if that's actually a real came report, from. Yeah, yeah. And that that just popped up like right as we went live. It really threw me off. But my apologies. That was that was a weak effort, weak effort of starting hour two. Uh, Sam, stall for me. I'm typing in Hen- Henry Titans on Twitter, see if anything came up. Okay, here we go. I
1: sure hope that's not true, but for the right price, I'm not opposed. What are you
0: seeing? Um, This comes from Mike Silver. Okay. He... He's written for Sports Illustrated, the San Francisco Chronicle Volume Sports, Valley Sports. Uh, Mike Herndon just tweeted this out, too. Also a report from USA Today on here, the Titans, uh, according to... Sources. You know what, Sam, let's send it to let's send it to an opening drive. All right, just we, be we got, we, okay, there we go. There we go. Alright. First down. According to sources. Um, current general managers, that's who the sources are. Titans running back Derrick Henry. Rams corner Jalen Ramsey and Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins are among the players who have been shopped in recent days at the combine. Hmm. I mean, I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not opposed to it either.
0: And I don't even know if that's necessarily a sign of like the Titans entering a rebuild.
1: Just throw a hook out in the water. See, if, I think see if, if anyone you're, bites. If you're
0: keeping Ryan Tannehill, at this point, Derrick Henry, you know you're going to have to get ready. Like you know that this year is probably his last year if you do keep him around. So I think there is kind of the thought process of like, okay, even if you do rebuild the offensive line, how much better will it be? You know, it can, can, it, it can be middle of the league, average, sure, but Derrick Henry lost his burst. Like, I think that was evident last year. He had the opportunities, I think, still to have a couple of those big breakaway runs, and he got hawked. Mm -hmm. He he just didn't accelerate past that that final defender. Like, Derrick Henry's lost his burst. I think you can get one more, like, great year out of him. But do you want to lose him for nothing? Like, I, I think that maybe becomes the question. You know, at a time where you're, you don't have as many picks as maybe you'd like, you know, you're, you're strapped for cash a little bit. Is the luxury running back worth it? it is a question that you can ask. And if you can get a decent return now for Derrick Henry that you can't get just for cutting him a year later, you know, maybe that's a hard decision that Rand Carthen has to make, that you say, okay, we can trade Derrick Henry and for it we can – get resources, whatever they may be, draft picks, players, plus you free up some cap space. We can get some resources that will help make this team better in the same sense that just Eric Henry, you know couldn't. Just because of the impact of one player versus the impact of several that you could get from the resources in return for Henry. Because we know that running back is a pretty replaceable position.
1: You change the identity of your team, too. You've been so focused around Derrick Henry for so long, rightfully so, obviously a, a hell of a running back, but maybe that is kind of a little bit of Carthen's ideology behind this maybe is if you can get something for him now and, you know, you're going to cut him in a couple years and you're going to have to change your identity in those next cu- in those couple years after Derrick Henry, you know, why not? Maybe why not start now and, and get a little bit, Get a little bit of return back for him, so I don't hate it. Put a fish, put a line out in the water, see if anyone bites.
0: Or maybe you're you're saying that we want to just stay, be be the same team for another ten years. Let's reset. <laughs> let's 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 trade Henry and draft Bijan. I'm down. Let's just be the best running back team.
1: I'm down for Bijan. I wouldn't be. No. No, uh, Bijan doesn't do it for you.
0: No, he does. I just top running backs at this point. Like allocating first-round resources or big contract resources to an elite running back. Like for me, I'm not.
1: I'd rather take his. Super into that. His uh, the next best guy, Jameer Gibbs.
0: I'd just give me like Tajay Spears.
1: He's good too. Uh, Second down. Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins says there is no definitive timeline for John Morant to return to the team. Jaw just keeps getting in trouble, man. This past weekend, uh, an NBA investigation launched into a little social media post from John Morant. Appeared to be holding a gun in a in a club on Saturday. Uh, he is suspended away from the team for the next two games at least. Uh, Coach Jenkins said he doesn't know the exact timetable. Uh, the league keeps investigating this this said gun on Jaw Morant's Instagram Live. Not the first thing that happened to Ja um, recently, really. This happened in what we think is Denver. Um... Might have been Los Angeles. About a month before this, there was also a report that uh, by the Athletic that said some of uh, John Morant's acquaintances aggressively confronted members of the Pacers' traveling party uh, near their team bus in Memphis. I don't know what John Morant's on this year, man. Um, I think he needs to cut back on the Casamigos. I think I think that's that's leading them to some bad decisions.
0: We talked about this when when the original Morant's traveling party, whatever you know, potentially pointed a gun at the Pacers. We talked about this, and I remember being in the boat of like, "Hey, this is pretty bad. The Grizzlies are heading down a bad path. Jaw is heading down a bad bad path. Someone needs to get this team in check." It's with one thing after another with Jaw and the Grizzlies, and I remember some decent pushback from you and Andy well this thing has continued to get worse somebody needs to get the Grizzlies in check nobody has feels like Jaron Jackson Jr. is the only good guy on that team these days and now you just hope that John Morant doesn't become a story that's used as caution Mm -hmm. in, in, in 15 years like he I think we're we've officially reached a crossroads with John Morant, where it's like, hey, do you want to be like, do you want to be Gilbert Arenas, or do you want to be one of the best point guards of all time?
1: That's a pretty decent comp for where he like where he's headed right now, honestly.
0: Because Gilbert Arenas had that ha- had that talent too. Yeah, Agent Zero, dude was a dog, but he couldn't get out of his own way. John Morant can't stay out of his own way either. And, and, I mean, the thing is, it it doesn't even seem like he's taken any of this seriously. You know, now that he's gotten suspended and suspended indefinitely, maybe this will be a wake-up call. But to have uh, an alleged incident where you had your own guys pointing guns at the pacers from a a, a card that you were allegedly in you know from that to what i i'm pretty sure we have multiple incidents of him fighting teenagers at wreck basketball games i mean at pickup basketball games like we had there's a, a police report currently that states that john morant kicked a 17 year old multiple times and then pointed a gun at him during a dispute in a pickup basketball game between that, again, the incident with the Pacers, you know, again, it's not like he's taking it seriously either. His teammate hits a three and he's celebrating on the bench by pretending to shoot a gun. And then, yeah, to go on Instagram live from a strip club, first of all, put a shirt on, dude. Strip club. Wear a shirt. You're going to get some, some stuff. I don't know. Don't Don't do that, dude. Put a shirt on leave leave let let the let the dancers take their shirts off you keep yours on second of all yeah to pull out a gun not just i mean just in general like pulling out a gun at a strip club on instagram live probably a dumb decision but like if De'Aaron fox did that right now i think people would be like hey dummy don't do that again but i don't think he gets suspended two games but if your jaw, you already have this report again of you pointing a gun at a seventeen-year-old after beating him up, of your you and your guys pointing a gun at the Pacers, you know, of, of of all these different incidents. Like you have to be smarter, and he continues to get in his own way. But you just hope that in ten years, like again, we're not looking back and being like, man, ja Morant could have been something special if only he wasn't such an idiot. Crazy though, how quickly the Grizzlies have gone from like likable, gritty, you know, team on the rise to like, man, these guys just need to shut up.
1: I think Shannon Sharp put a curse on them. To be quite honest, it hasn't been the same ever since that whole incident. That was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think. What is
0: um, what's the base God up to these days? I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: There's still any teams cursed by the base God?
1: I don't know. I forgot about that until you brought it up, so... Probably not.
0: Lil' B, the bass god?
1: Yeah, I don't... He's a certified hater if he... If he still has people that he's...
0: You remember when him and Chance the Rapper dropped a mixtape together?
1: Not really. No, I don't.
0: It was like a whole like acid and bass thing. Chance, acid rap. Lil B, the bass god. It got zero notoriety and it was okay. pretty bad.
1: I was gonna say, I, I don't I don't know it, so I'm not so sure.
0: It was in twenty fifteen. Like zero notoriety. I don't think <laughs> I've ever heard another person talk about it, but it was terrible. Like no one should ever listen to it.
1: I don't really listen to Chance anymore.
0: I mean, you should still listen listen to Acid Rap, Coloring Book. TV. Yeah, no,
1: those are those are good. Those are good. Those
0: are some of the best things His ever created. His old stuff is good. Ever created, Chance the Rapper is still to me a top three, even with how bad the Big Day was. Because again, Acid Rap, all that's just so good. Um, sorry, back to. NFL news threw me off that was going to be my John Morant was going to be my third down but um, back to the NFL news Titans defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons has unfollowed all of the Titans accounts on social media and has deleted some Titans posts from social media Him and the team are working on a long-term deal. Um, I mean, he's one of the best defensive tackles, defensive linemen in all of football, one of the best defensive players in all of football, really one of the best players in football. I think it would take something around like five years, $105 million, to re-sign him, $110 million, which is going to be a lot. But the Titans are going to have to going to have to to re-sign Jeffrey Simmons I won't watch a
1: game if he's not on the team
0: yeah if you don't re-sign Jeffrey Simmons if you let Jeffrey Simmons walk then yeah I I think I'm out if I have to watch a Jeffrey Simmons list team play dome football in a stupid little stadium then I'm done I'm out mark it down find a new team we'll spin a wheel we'll go all in
1: yeah i'll spin a wheel too
0: but uh big deal not a big deal sam
1: him unfollowing the team
0: unfollowing the team um
1: not a big deal that can turn into a big deal if you mess it up but i'm not worried right now i feel like that's modern day nfl contract negotiations like all an agent wants is some like a Tom Pellicero or, like, a Schefter-type guy to be like, ooh, Jeffrey Simmons is, or blank, has unfollowed blank. Pending free agent. Let's see what he's going to, let's see what's happening type of thing.
0: I've seen some bears, I'm not too worried. I've seen some Bears fans be like, oh, yeah, there's been talk of a historic haul for pick number one. Could that mean the Titans are willing to give up Jeffrey Simmons and their first rounder? Yeah, that's not happening. Let's not be dumb here. But um, I don't know. Call me when he misses something mandatory. Yeah. Call me when he holds out. Yeah. I- I've even seen I- – I don't remember who it was yesterday. Forgive me. But I-, I even saw some people in, like, sports media saying that this has become legitimately something that agents have started doing yeah. on their own accord. Like, that's something that they've started recommending that if you're in a contract dispute to get some leverage on your side to put some pressure on the team – just delete some posts freak the fans out because if you've checked online I can promise you that Titans fans are adequately freaked right now about Jeffrey Simmons but yeah I mean if, if you're in a if you're at a contract negotiation just go delete some stuff stir up some drama stir the pot Jeff doesn't seem like that kind of guy but you know if he has to to go get that bag I get it
1: I mean he was tweeting at Bobby Wagner like a week ago saying hey come to Tennessee.
0: I mean i think much like aj brown though i guess that's just what has people worried the aj brown deal because aj brown it felt felt like it was just an obvious solution to an equation it felt like two plus two aj brown's resigned you know this feels yeah. like two plus two equals jeffrey simmons is resigned too so i agree i understand the fear of it like john robinson's gone i don't think you're gonna make the same mistake twice i'm still not worried about jeffrey simmons just the sooner the better please
1: Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, fourth down? Fourth down? Breaking news. Breaking news. I Titans was about to say this. releasing Bud Dupree. Hmm. Surprising. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Uh, I figured if he survives that original cut day that he was going to survive all the way through.
0: Right. I mean...
1: But not I not
0: not surprising in the grand scope of the offseason because again I think leaving the season Bud Dupree as a cap casualty was was more likely than it wasn't but like you said once he survived cut day you know the the the, the day of sweeping cuts the Titans made where they cut Bullock and Zach Cunningham and Taylor Lewan and Robert Woods yeah when Bud Dupree wasn't a part of that it felt like oh okay he survived which You can make some sense of that. Tennessee doesn't have the draft picks to replace him. Tennessee, with the money that they get from Bud Dupree, well, that's as much as it would cost to replace him anyway, if not more than that. So, like, it wouldn't make the most sense in the world to cut him because you're going to have to replace him. Edge rusher is such a priority position. Harold Landry coming off of a knee injury. You know, I would get why you would keep Bud Dupree, but I guess we're cutting him anyway. Titans have another plan in place. I think that opens up edge rusher as now a, 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 a luxury pick option for Tennessee in the first or second round as well you know I, I don't think it's at 11 but the 11th pick of the second round being an edge rusher that would no longer surprise me Yeah, tackle receiver edge rusher I don't think any of those threes positions would surprise me at 11 or at what 39 no 42 whatever it is anyway I don't
1: know 41 maybe
0: We'll catch a break. We'll go to Matthew on the other side. He's waiting on the big orange Philly phone line. So, commercial break, and then the phone lines coming up next year on the Blitz. I was thinking about it a little bit more during the break. I do. Th- to me, I, I don't know. I kind of think the Titans cutting Bud Dupree feels like an indicator that they're going to look to move back, trade back. Maybe maybe I'm completely off base here, but I think when you look at at the value positions the Titans need to replace, like the luxury positions, you need a tackle, you need an edge rusher. Um, you still could be interested in a quarterback, just plus some of the other spots that you have. You know, you have a, one to two other spots on the offensive line outside of tackle, and you need another receiver bad. Um, you don't have a lot of picks now, and you have you know the 11th pick. I, I don't. I mean, 11, there's going to be a couple of tackles, but I think there's still high-quality tackles available in the late 20s. I think edge rusher is a spot where the best one's gone, but the next wave isn't worth it at 11 either. Um, And then at receiver, you know, I think the same thing could be said. Yeah, I think to me this feels like, okay, the Titans are going to – whether it's trading back or not, I don't know. I think this is more so an indicator that the Titans are really going to aggressively go after more picks.
1: Yeah, I think some Which, of your positions in need are just maybe deeper in like, this draft. Maybe that's you,
0: why you trade Derrick Henry. Maybe you yeah. want more picks. But wh- whether it's trading back to get more picks or whether it's trading a couple guys to get more picks, it seems pretty clear the Titans want more picks now by, by cutting Bud Dupree. But we're going to head over to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. I know Matthew waiting patiently for us. Uh, Matthew, good morning. Happy Monday.
2: Hey, Charlie. How we doing, buddy?
1: How we doing, Sam? How we doing?
2: Living the dream, man. I was just thinking, Charlie. I don't know what what would look even prettier. Jeffrey Simmons not on the Titans, or Jeffrey Simmons with the Colts and not on the Titans. Just sounds beautiful, doesn't
0: it? He's going to be a Titan.
2: <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't talk to AJ. That's for sure. Um, did you see that report where they were like essentially saying that he's been like working out with him, or not working out with him, but like having discussions with like how to pursue the contract negotiations?
0: I mean, that wouldn't even make sense, though. They're not even dealing with the same people. And A.J. Brown wanted to be there. The Titans, apparently, John Robinson just didn't offer A.J. Brown what he was cleared to offer A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown was very willing to stay in Tennessee. So, I mean, I, I don't. Oh, I don't yeah. That I makes mean, I, I know
2: John was charming and soft and only offered 16, but, I mean, apparently they're friends still. They still connect. They still talk. So, essentially, they were all about. You know, how, how do I pursue this? So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they have different agents, but still. It's not, but I think he will return to Tennessee, and I think he will be a Titan, but I don't think it's very necessarily shocking. When you look at – I don't have the number in front of me, but I believe Bud Dupree, switching gears here, had, I believe, in guaranteed money, I want to say anywhere from 12 to $20 million. So, to kind of clear some more cap, I, I kind of agree with you, Charlie. I think you guys – or more likely to move back and collect draft capital versus moving up. Would you say is fair?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, with with, with when you cut Bud Dupree, like again, you have to get a tackle an edge rusher, and a, you need three starters at a minimum. Well, really, you need starters that you have to replace. You need five. You need a kicker. You need two offensive linemen. You need a receiver, and you need an edge rusher. Um, as a minimum of starters, I think you could replace up to seven starters this offseason. So you need more resources. You didn't have a lot of money. You've cleared up some cap space now, but you still don't have a lot of draft picks either. So I think, yeah, you you, you could be looking at a situation where you're trying to get more.
2: And essentially, too, I mean, this team, both not just Indy and the Colts, but essentially the Titans have more than just one issue to address. So of my Titans friends that have like said, "Oh, we need to move up and draft Bryce Young or CJ Stroud." It's just not in the cards, I think, for you guys, just because there's so many other things you could address. You could also address the offensive line that you had to continually uh, rework. You could address the secondary and find you a corner that actually gets on the field for more than five games. Uh, it's there's a lot of different things to go with it, but uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how a lot of the uh, the draft. Uh, shapes out, you know, obviously everybody's talking about Anthony Richardson's uh, combine, but I still can't get over the film and that's why I'm like, I'm very like scared that the Colts are considering drafting him, uh, especially after like what we saw him do. Yeah, he had a great game versus Tennessee in the balls, but if you look at the film, it's just, it's not there. I think when where this team wants to go, I'm personally a big fan of drafting either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. What are your thoughts on Anthony Richardson after the combine?
0: Anthony Richardson's athletic and and tall and big and strong? No way. Can you believe it, guys? We didn't know this before, but now we do. exactly. I mean, yeah, sure. Like, it was a really impressive combine, and maybe he's even a touch more athletic than we perhaps thought. But at the same time, like, okay, so we found out the guy that is projected a top ten pick solely on his traits has really promising traits. Shocker. Um I think we've gone too far with quarterbacks. Sometimes we've got we, we, in the evaluation process, we're looking too much at traits and not enough a combination of all of it. Yeah, I mean, sure, if you're a great quarterback, but you just don't really have the athleticism necessary, you know, to make it in the NFL. You probably won't make it in the NFL regardless of the intangibles. But you know, I think the same could be said if you're a fantastic athlete with a strong arm, but the game, you just don't get the game of football. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be all that successful either. There are some things with Anthony Richardson. Like, I've seen him maneuver in the pocket sometimes, or, or maybe, you know, extend plays and, and, and find some guys to open downfield. Like, you know, once the play breaks down, that, that maybe shows me that he has some sort of feel for football and, and you can develop it. But I'm not picking Anthony Richardson in the first 10 picks, the first 15 picks. If I'm an NFL team and there's gonna be one of them that does, you know. There's gonna be somebody that takes them in the top, you know, seven to nine to maybe top five picks. I was really
2: hoping you you had just said I'm not picking Anthony Richardson with one of the top ten picks, and I was like, oh, that's perfect because the Titans draft eleventh, and it would just be even better for y'all to take him.
0: <laughs> but um, I mean, I get it. Like oh, Josh man. Allen, especially, is now going to inspire that even more. I, I just still am in the boat that Josh Allen is the outlier four big armed athletic quarterbacks that need development and now I think teams are going to chase him like last year Josh Allen was Malik Willis this year Josh Allen is Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and it's just like we've had our Josh Allens before like do we remember Brock Osweiler I mean he didn't have the speed necessarily but like do we remember I don't know there's just been so many like big armed athlete athletic quarterbacks without the production that have not panned out Um, I wouldn't Want to continue to chase that route, but I get it when you yeah, look at the I mean, top quarterbacks and they're all like they're all very traitsy type guys. Like they all just have an insane arm or some kind of crazy quick twitch trait. Like it's not as much as the Peyton Mannings and the Tom Brady's and the Philip Rivers and the Matt Ryan's anymore as it is like guys with crazy traits. So you know it's a copycat league and everyone's trying to find that guy. The issue is that guy is just so rare. These teams are often kind of taking their franchise in pursuit of it instead.
2: Well, it'll be interesting to see the next couple of weeks, you'll have more guys doing their college pro days and you'll see them kind of, I'm sure at some point they'll hype up Bryce Young as the next coming of Patrick Mahomes or Drew Brees or Russell Wilson, but we'll have to just see how it goes. I'll, uh, I'll give you back some time. I really wanted to dive into this and, I don't know. I was enjoying your NFL's content, so I'll ask it and just listen. But with where the season transition to college basketball here, with where Tennessee sits at on Thursday as the five seed, um, I think you take care of either South Carolina almost no problem. Uh, Missouri will be nice if you can get some revenge on them, uh, and then you probably match up on Friday. I would assume with, or I guess would that be Saturday? I can't remember. But essentially, you probably if you beat Missouri, you probably will see Alabama again, and that'd be nice to kind of tap that out, but I guess my question is with where the season sits at, you are the five seed. Was this regular season successful or unsuccessful? And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Hmm.
0: That's complex. I don't know. Finishing fifth in the SEC, failure. Winning some of the games you did, success. Mm Mm-hmm. It's you know, a good way to put it. Um, based on where you're projected to start the year, I, I, I felt like most of the year you were succeeding, but I guess at the end of the year, really, you didn't. I don't think you failed either. I don't think you succeeded. I, I think you approached expectations, maybe met some people's expectations. Maybe, I, I mean... There's the context, too, of the injuries. You know, Santi missed time. Josiah missed time two different times. Now Zakai's out for the year. Um, And five five of your losses, in your last five losses, you haven't had an entirely healthy lineup for any of them. I mean, I think that that is relevant. You know, you went into February as a top two team, lost five of your last, you know, lost five games, and yeah, I mean, uh, you were hurting all of them, so, I don't know, I mean, I would consider it maybe a slight success, but, like, nothing overwhelming, I don't it's just, I don't know, it's tough to gauge, because success is, I think, so relative, because, you know, part of it, is like you've been good enough for long enough that you've set expectations at a pretty high place too. So maybe you failed to meet expectations, but you didn't fail thoroughly like all the way around. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> That's a tough question.
0: It is. I mean, it really is. It's tough to gauge these types of things. Like Kentucky, for example, people are acting now like I mean if you talk to a Kentucky fan they're through the roof. Like, they're acting like they're having this great season. Like, oh, we're rolling, we're peaking, going into the tournament. And it's just like, you guys were.
1: You asked them that four weeks ago. You guys were Kim Palm number. is a failure. You guys yeah. were
0: Kim Palm number two. Like, you should have been a, a, a top three seed. So now that you've gotten scrappy and climbed up to, like, a sixth seed, does that really mean that Kentucky's, like, this great team? I, I don't know. I think it's just, in general, whoever you ask, whoever they root for, it's all so relative. It's, it's really hard to judge. Like, what even is a failure and what isn't? If you ask me if I'm happy where Tennessee's program is at as a whole, I'm frustrated with the way the season ended, but I'm still very happy with where Tennessee's at, I, I guess, if if that's a better way to put it. I even still feel good about Tennessee's prospects heading into the postseason. I don't know. But um, let's catch a break. We'll play good, bad, and the ugly on the other side.
1: Back here
0: on the Blitz. Starting to wind out on this Monday. Let's get into a little good, bad, and the ugly. Sam, good from the weekend?
1: My good from the weekend, Mr. Blake Burke from the base Vols. Four games this week, Blake Burke batted 6-11, 11 hits, two doubles, three homers, and 14 RBIs. He's got a 1490 OPS this season. Uh, he's absurd. He's off to an absurd start. Tennessee starting to find their groove. I like the. I really like that lineup last night in that game, or I guess yesterday afternoon. But um, yeah, Tennessee baseball starting to click. Blake Burke has been clicking, and he's probably going to stay clicking.
0: He's fixed some holes in his swing. I mean, he, he, you know, he's he's less susceptible to swinging over top of that off-speed pitch. Um, just in general, a better all-around hitter.
1: Were you watching that ejection? No. Very weird. Very weird from that ump. Um, like, I think Blake Burke was...
0: Oh, wait, yeah, 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 yeah. The, like, when Blake Burke got hit?
1: Yeah, the quick pitch.
0: Yeah, so Blake Burke got quick pitched and Said had something. something to say yeah. afterwards, kind of just mauled off a little bit to the Gonzaga pitcher. You know, they talked back and forth. I don't think people realize, like, the amount of, of out-in-the-open trash-talking that happens in, in baseball. college baseball. Yeah, but yeah. You know what happens? You give a little something-something, you get a little something-something back, but the Gonzaga pitcher decided to then hit Blake Burke the next pitch. You know, it was – in the back of the calf, which typically isn't where you hit some guy when you do it on purpose, but if you're going to run your mouth at a batter and then hit him the very next pitch, you're going to get thrown out. Yeah. So I didn't find it really all that it was. Weird. I thought it
1: was just kind of weird that they didn't uh, – there was no warning before, I guess. But, I mean, maybe that ump said something to him also where you just couldn't really see it on TV.
0: I guess so, Yeah. Probably. Hmm. If you save Henry before June, or if you trade Henry before uh, June first, you save six and a half million. It's not too bad. My good from the weekend would be Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State winning the Atlantic Sun for the first time and making it into the NCAA tournament. For the first time in program history, the Owls punched their ticket into March. Um, Huge win for the Never Made the Tournament Club, the NMTC. I don't know if you follow this, Sam, the NMTC. It's uh, it's a subgroup within the Mid-Major Madness SB Nation subgroup. Okay. And it's the Never Made the Tournament Club, and it is just a group of us on Twitter that are super into all the teams that have never made the tournament i like that uh, like mike dom is one of our enemies at south dakota state because half most of the summit league has never made the tournament and mike dom just continuously beat them all for like four years even as an underdog but like each year it gets really hard to just break some of these teams through and each year it's just it's like a It's always just kind of tragic most of the time being an NMTC fan, but not this time. We finally had a team breakthrough. We got another one of our members, lost their membership. They've made it into the tournament. Shout out to Kennesaw State. And really truly, too, just to think of the turnaround that took place down there. Kennesaw State, uh, you know how many games they won in 2019, 2020? One.
1: Mm.
0: They won one basketball game. That's hard to do. Incredibly impressive. Like that, It's almost more impressive that they were only able to win one basketball game than what they did this year. Yeah. But to go from winning one basketball game just a couple of years ago to winning the Atlantic Sun this year, quite the turnaround for Kennesaw State. And they are my good from the weekend. They'd never had a winning record before this year. Wow. Wow. Yesterday was their biggest crowd in school history. That's awesome. Bad from the weekend?
1: Bad. um, Unfortunate news here. Kind of mixed with some good at the end. Uh, USC guard Andrew Voorhees, projected top 100 prospect uh, in this upcoming draft. Suffered a torn ACL during combine drills Sunday. You just hate to see that. You know, the guys are... Worked their whole lives to get up to the combine, and then, you know, something like that happens. Probably tanking your draft stock. But the good that comes out of this, Torres ACL during the drills on Sunday. Still pumped out 38 reps at 225 on bench on one leg. One leg on the ground, 38 reps. He's got that dog in him. He might have a torn ACL now on his, uh, on his draft profile. But under the pros, you can say that he's got that dog in him.
0: He's got that dog in him. That is that is for sure. My bad from the weekend. Sorry. I just lost my lost it for a second. What was my bad from the weekend?
1: That's not good. That's bad. Where'd it
0: go? The bad from the weekend is Charlie's memory. <laughs> I just had it in front of me. <laughs> and then I deleted it to look up Kennesaw State on accident. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. What was it? What was it? What was it? Bad from the weekend.
1: This is my biggest fear. I always have to write them down.
0: I can't believe it. This is, I mean, what a letdown.
1: Football-related? Basketball?
0: I I don't know anymore. Sports-related? completely gone. (laughs) Bad, 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 bad. I don't know. Just give me your ugly, man. I don't
1: know. Um, My ugly... The preseason number one team, North Carolina Tar Heels, all the way to missing the tournament, likely. Swept by Duke this weekend. UNC finishes the regular season. You want to guess their record against quad one teams, Charlie?
0: One and nine.
1: One and nine. One and nine in quad one games for North Carolina. The preseason number one, everyone thought they were going to be the shiniest new thing <clears throat> in college basketball this year. The North, the, I think uh, there was a tweet from uh, John Rothstein that said the national title runs through Chapel Hill. Maybe the NIT. Um, but that does no longer, the NCAA title no longer runs through Chapel Hill because they're not going to make the tournament. That's my ugly.
0: This is going to bother me the rest of the day that I forgot what the bad is. Yeah. Maybe the rest of the week. I, we might have to cancel tomorrow's show. <laughs> I have an ugly, though. The ugly Eastern Washington. Okay. On February 24th, Eastern Washington was one of two teams in the entire country, them and Oral Roberts, that was undefeated uh, in conference play. They had not lost a game in the Big Sky. Okay. They proceeded to drop their final two of the season. Hey, no big deal. Still sixteen and two. Yeah. Uh, won the Big Sky outright. <laughs> Yesterday, the one seed in the Big Sky tournament, Eastern Washington, allow- allowed a seven point comeback in the oh final no. forty five seconds and lost on a buzzer beater from three, from five feet beyond the arc, to Northern Arizona, a team that finished under five hundred. That's awesome. Life comes at you fast. Life Washington. comes at you fast. Yeah. I mean, from the nation's longest win streak to three straight losses and an NIT berth.
1: Was that a, that was a presumed, like, tournament team, I'm assuming? Yeah. Were they, like, off of probably the 16 line? Eastern like Washington? Like a good, good I mean, enough probably, like, mid-major, like 13 or 14 yeah. seed?
0: Big Sky produces some decent teams. Montana State's probably going to win that conference now. That's a good team. Best bet coming up on the other side, potential bid thief there. You know, if either of those teams lose in the semifinals, that sets up a, a chance for a bid to be stolen tomorrow night. Um, excited for another day of conference tournaments, that's for sure. Current record right now? Any guesses, Sam? Uh, can I do like a percentage instead of a record? Sure, I don't, I don't know what the percentage is, let me do some math here.
1: Okay, uh, I think you're at, I think you're tracking, I think you're at 55% right now.
0: Yeah. Really? Let's go. Fifty-five point one percent. Let's go. I You're am good. fifty-nine and forty-eight. All right, up eleven units.
1: Yeah, up eleven units. That's that's huge. Up more units than the record would would say. I would feel like you know that's good.
0: What's your uh, What's your best bet tonight?
1: Uh, my best bet. I know you probably like Furman, but I'm going to stick with the home state team. I love Jake Stevens out of, out of Chattanooga. Let's take Chattanooga Moneyline. Let's take a little upset in the SOCON. Let's go chat money Moneyline, plus 150.
0: I got Hofstra in the Colonial Athletic Conference in their first semifinal tonight. Minus 7.5. I'm all over the Hofstra pride. I'm also uh, probably going to be... I don't know. I was thinking about going to thinking about taking them at three and a half to one or three to one to win the caa but i also think i might be able to just take their money line tonight and then take the winnings and then double it down as them as an underdog in the championship game against charleston so i probably won't take them to win it won't take that future but i like him tonight minus seven and a half that'll do it for today's show uh, another one coming up for you tomorrow, same time, same place, but that'll do it for us today. For Sam Beard, I'm Charlie Collierhead. Thanks for tuning into the Blitz. More on Radio coming up next.